What is going on, people? Welcome back to the topics. It is your boy Mac here once more with my lovely friend Mila. How you doing? Good, Good. day. How are you? I am great. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to get into this. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute since we did our last one. Uh, yeah. Couple of uh, or a little moving and shaking on my end. So hopefully we could. <laughs> make this a little bit more consistent but uh, yeah we're back with uh, a really good topic today I think I think it's pretty interesting at least um, we're talking about uh, vaccine patents which is a really interesting topic um, didn't really think that it would kind of didn't think that vaccine patents would be a problem you know in a global pandemic so why don't you kind of get us started? Yeah, so um, there's been a lot of news about this lately, at least, you know, from where I, you know, hear the news. Uh, basically, um, we've had a lot of pushback from um, from richer countries of, of sharing patents with the vaccine. And, and the way I came to this, uh, or the way that I kind of heard about it and understood it was from a distribution standpoint. And basically um, just being able to provide the vaccine um, for COVID-19 throughout the world so that, you know, everybody is protected from it um, if they wanna be. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and share something real quick just so that we all have kind of a, a picture, uh, an idea of what's in mind. If you are on, uh, like if you're listening to this and you're not watching the video, you're just gonna miss out on this glorious image. So give me just a second. Okay. We'll describe it. Um, <laughs> so uh, this was a map provided by Bloomberg. It just kind of shows um, the stance on waiving a patent protection for COVID-19 vaccines. Um, you know, pink being opposed, uh, yellow being in support of waiving, of waiving the patent and blue being undecided. So, um, so what is it says protections down, actually, do? like what is, what is a waiving the patents actually do, you know? Oh, it basically makes, it makes the vaccine accessible to be manufactured um, outside of, um, outside of the capacity that we're back, that we're manufacturing it now. And it also gives, um, it just makes it to where we can produce more quicker. So um, I'm going to read this note just so people who are listening can hear this. Um, supporters include countries sponsoring or state general support for patent waiver. A patent gives a drug maker exclusive rights to manufacture a vaccine it developed. So if the vaccine was developed in um, the US, then a patent would make it to where um, they have exclusive rights uh, to distribute it or to provide the patent uh, or to manufacture it in other places. Um, right. Okay. So that it can be shared uh, and, and distributed on a wider scale. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and leave that because we can talk about so much else um, because that's when it really starts to get complicated. You know, when I saw, when I saw that, when I started reading about this um, in my head, it just, it makes sense to be able to um, have 
a way to protect people from COVID-19, but also to stop the spread because as it spreads, it's able to mutate and become stronger. And then we would have, we, it could ultimately render the, the solution we have now obsolete. Um, And we just don't need any more strains (laughs) of this happening. So, uh, now that we're kind of caught up a little bit on the background, make right. sure I didn't miss anything. So this patent is its not for, I guess it could apply for all patents, but I think specifically they're talking about Moderna because- Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that we're gonna be referencing today are, is specifically talking about the Moderna vaccine because that's a, a, a lot of what is being talked about as the best option for, um, or as of right now, the best option for distribution and like, uh, right. overall coverage so they're getting ready to patent the moderna vaccine and what makes that so special is that um it can actually um like flare up safely the virus and cause a i guess uh immunization reaction in your blood system you know like other shots do like the flu shot like it can just flare up the covid in your system and then your body can create that response from what i'm understanding um not necessarily the mrna vaccine um doesn't necessarily put like the covid strain into your body so what it does is it 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 uh it 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 does it's a vaccine that doesn't necessarily it's not like the flu shot um, that it, it doesn't like have a strain of COVID that they put into you um, to like, like to the way that we're used to having vaccines. In fact, this, like the vaccines that we're seeing are kind of the first of their kind, especially with the Moderna and the Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine. Um, but the whole point with the intellectual property and the patent on the intellectual property for this is um, now we have people being able to benefit off of selling this patent so people can manufacture it. What that does is it creates a, a, um, a, a barrier, a financial barrier for a lot of different uh, countries and a lot, of, uh, a lot of different places that can't afford the vaccine on their own or maybe like they could they could manufacture it they have full capacity to manu- manufacture it but they don't have the patent so they can't manufacture it legally um it would break laws but also what we're seeing is there's not a lot of cooperation with vaccine distribution so we're seeing um things out of like the UK with uh with blocking vaccine exports um, or there was a situation with uh, India and the UK with blocking vaccine exports, which ultimately would make it harder for some places to get the vaccine over other places. And it tends, you know, it's prioritizing countries that are that are wealthy. And and unfortunately, this is another another instance of prioritizing capitalism over health and safety of humanity, um, which which we see play out over and over again. And and. And I and what you know, we're both American, and um, you know, we have a lot of privileges when it comes to like healthcare and access to healthcare in this way. Um, but what we're seeing is, for some reason, and you know, we've had a lot of pushback from world leaders, and as you saw from the map, UK, 
Australia and the US, um, for some reason, they don't understand that if we can get the entire world vaccinated, we can, or at least 70% of the world vaccinated right, and not just in specific places, right. uh, we can stop further strains from happening or at least slow them to where we can keep up with it at a medical capacity. Right. And from what I understand, it's not, it's not just dropping the patent. It's, it's like suspending the patent. So as soon as you get that herd immunity, you can just, you know, implement the patent, you know, right back. Like it never, you know, so. Well, and, you know, you made a point and we've, we've seen some really good points out there of patents aren't, aren't for wartime and pandemics that's not the time it's it's specifically so you can profit off of your idea that's great but they have they have had you know they have had a lot of profit come in both publicly and privately and and the thing is is um we're in i know everyone's sick of hearing it with their emails uh we're in some unprecedented times uh there's a there's a whole ass pandemic happening um (laughs) <laughs> and uh that's that's not what patents are for um <laughs> so the um piggybacking off of what you were just talking about uh there's an article in uh, citizen.org uh, i believe there's this uh this group of scientists that came together and wrote a letter to um to dr fauci basically pleading to you know, use that patent and put provisions in it to allow other countries to, you know, get access to that type of technology. I think what was really interesting in it included a universal pricing because these vaccines are up to about three American dollars to produce. And in order to get the vaccine, they may charge you like 10 times that amount, you know, for profit. And yeah, it's really important to point out whenever you're talking about distributing it all around the world, just because there's, you know, different price points for different countries. And it's, it's just like what you said, uh, this is not a competition, you know, this is a global pandemic and uh, people should have access to it or else, you know, they may resort to things like using alternatives, like what uh trump was talking about whenever he was the president you know using (laughs) hydroxychloroquine Mm -hmm. and other malaria alternatives and and what's unfortunate is they shouldn't have to do that when we have a vaccine for it and also what you're seeing is like a surplus in america um and i'm speaking specifically from the united states perspective because that's that's where i live and and that's what i'm following Um, and I'm using it as an example of like what not to do, (laughs) Um, but you know, what you're seeing is you're seeing a surplus in the U S and we're having to beg people to use these before they expire. And there are countries who would really, really like, there are places where they're like, where they would really like to have this, where they, they would need it at least for a portion of their population. And we could totally do that. And, and it would be a shame to have like millions of doses go unused simply because we don't, we have an excess while other places are really striving to, to get them. Exactly. Yeah. We, in America, there is a surplus for the vaccine while there's other countries that have yet to vaccinate anybody. It's so stark. And 
Yeah, this is really sad. So um, let's see. Apparently, there is a legal aspect to using the patents. You know, there is like a specific reason why people do get things patented. And um, there is an argument that says that, hey, you know, if we lift the patent, then we'll make the materials used to create the vaccine even more difficult because it's already high in demand since we are in a global pandemic. So if you just lift the patent, then everybody's gonna be trying to, you know, do everything in different countries and it's gonna put a strain on production because the materials needed will be even more scarce. So is that something that you would buy as an excuse? Um, I think it's lazy. Uh, we have the capacity to do these things, but but what stops us from ending world hunger, um, ending multiple multiple pandemics, not not just the most recent one, is the fact that we try to do this for profit. Um, you and I talk about this all the time. This isn't about like making everyone get a vaccine. This is about access. Right. This is about access to healthcare <laughs> and like where like. <clears throat> I have got to stop using the word like so much because <laughs> oh my goodness but it, it, it is unfortunate because it's about access and um like I said you know we have we have drugs that make AIDS and HIV undetectable in your body right like your counts are so low that you are undetectable and can possibly not pass it on anymore but we still have that pandemic raging in every every country especially people who don't have access to those drugs uh you talked about malaria earlier mm -hmm. um and now we're here with covid and it's one of those things that we should like it can stop we can stop that right um you just have to be willing to and it just seems like we're not willing to yeah yeah i agree uh, it doesn't really sound like a strong argument because like you said we're already in a surplus. So, you know, what? Why, why would the materials be high in demand whenever America is already in a surplus in terms of creating the vaccine? Why don't they allow other countries to, you know, create their own versions and, you know, use that technology to, you know, maybe make it better. But um, um, let's see, you said um, if we allow this to go unchecked, then there will be you know, more even stronger variants. So I think that is an even stronger argument to suspend the patents because if we get the entire world vaccinated, then we wouldn't have to worry about this anymore. It goes similarly to, um, what was the, oh, it was in the article about World War II, penicillin, what was that? Was that what it was? I think that was talking about penicillin at one point, yeah. Yes, so in the article it said, um, uh, oh, making access to penicillin. Uh, yeah, they're saying there was better, precedent. Yeah. It was precedent for, um, like, for health officials to suspend patents on something that's so pressing because at one point during the Second World War, America was, like, the only country creating penicillin. And they didn't worry about, like, suing people and, like, charging people for royalties and all that. It was just, you know, we need to... We need to vaccinate our soldiers so they can be safe and come back home safely and this, that, and the other. So there's already precedent for suspending patents in like 
you know, trying times. And it's not like, it's not like it's a competition. No, it's really not a competition. So, um, yeah. Well, and like we see, you know, borders are, borders are useless. They don't mean shit. That's what people put to like, uh, that's just what people put there. They're not real. Right. Viruses and diseases don't care about about borders. Yeah. They're not real things. Hence why we're in a global pandemic. Because exactly. they don't care. And so that's why, you know, that's why you see, you know, a strain that was, uh, you know, first showed up in the UK spreading to places like the US and Brazil and other and other places in Europe. And it's yeah it's viruses don't give a fuck about your borders yeah they just don't yeah so you said uh you gonna say something no i was just Uh, pointing out (laughs) yeah i just got passionate while i was moving my hands (laughs) yeah you made a good point yeah so you sent this article about the malaria i kind of want to talk about the malaria virus because that is something that's even more dangerous than covid it, it killed just as many people in Africa as it did, as COVID did in America last year. And, you know, malaria is mostly just focused in Africa. Kills about 400,000 people a year. And it's okay. mostly, mostly young kids. And they're just now getting a vaccine that has a 70, over 70% efficacy rate, which uh, I believe the... Um, the World Health Organization, they strive for 75, but anything above 70 is functional, basically. Mm-hmm. So pretty much up until now, they were working with something that was like at best 55%. So to have something that's 77% is amazing. And they're just now getting this vaccine, you know, uh, discovered, or not discovered, but created for people. And, and um, it's been a problem since before COVID. Malaria has been a thing since before COVID. So to just now have a, a functional vaccine for people, what do you think? What do you think that means? Because for COVID to be around for like a, just one year, and we have multiple vaccines that are like you know in the nineties, and you we know have a malaria drug in Africa that is just now being created and it's only 77%, but it's still good. I think that, well, what would you like to say? Because I just set it up for you to, you know, slam dunk it. You know, well, you, know um, you know about like institutional and systemic racism and how it <laughs> affects the whole world. Um, I will say that, uh, well, mm, yeah, I mean, and especially with the infection rate that we had in 2019 with malaria and 2020 with malaria, mm-hmm. it's not like we didn't have like um, opportunities to right. test the vaccine for them, right. uh, for, for people who have malaria. And yeah, ultimately what it, to me, what that is, is that's another case of what we're seeing now of not prioritizing it because it doesn't, it doesn't, affect. It doesn't affect, uh all the countries buying up the COVID vaccines. Uh, I think we said it earlier, the really selfish, rich, uh, like really selfish um, Western rich countries, which yeah. like, yeah, let's remember how they got to where they are. Yeah, I suspect, now. I suspect if malaria 
was global like COVID, then we may have much safer, stronger drugs, you know, to combat malaria. But since it's only in Africa, you know, I think I think that says a lot about it. But um, there was a vaccine that was actually used as a blueprint from this malaria drug, AstraZeneca. They, oh, okay. uh, they use that um, using the malaria blueprint because apparently malaria is a lot more complex of a virus than COVID. So I think that's even crazier that they've, you know, been able to find something so successful and it's uh, even more difficult to combat. But yeah, um, I think it's good that there's multiple, you know, vaccines coming out for coronavirus, yeah. but yeah, it's just the the patents. I think that's a that's a real stumbling block, and you know, it may not do anything to actually suspend the patents or lift the patents. You know, it may not do anything functionally, but it definitely does send a message that says, "Hey, you know, like we will put the greater good above profits." Well, yeah, and you know, each place is gonna have its own like challenges you know um and it's gonna be it's gonna have to be a cooperative effort but I think a cooperative effort starts with making it available to be cooperative in the first place like making available for the vaccine to be cooperative in the first place to be able to be held in a cooperative environment more so than what it is right now um you know rolling out vaccines in the U.S. is going to look completely different than how it would look in Chile, than how it would look in New Zealand, than how it would look in Tanzania. Yeah, It's going to look completely different in all those places. That I don't think that that's a valid argument. Like you were saying, I just kind of think that that's not a valid argument for not taking a step to do something, right. because this seems like a very crucial step in that, in that cooperative effort. Right. And we're already having variants pop up in, like, not even developing countries like there was the one in London that popped up Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and I just think it just works if we can get everybody kind of done at once because the way it's going now you would have all the western world vaccinated by the end of this year and then another two years before you know the rest of the world could catch up and the rest of the world constitutes about 80 percent 80 percent of our population yeah yeah there will be and I was going to say there is definitely going to be variants that pop up from like now in two years. Well, yeah. And remember, variants happen whenever it can like uh, transmit and mutate easily. It doesn't have to happen in like uh, certain environments necessarily, just a place where a lot of people have the ability to to catch and pass on a virus. It doesn't have to be it's not just yeah I mean so just anywhere where there would be less than I think what the World Health Organization was saying was 70 percent okay vaccination yeah. is, right. is is you know ripe real estate for this guy <laughs> uh this guy being COVID-19 I don't know why, why I referred to, to it as a I'm not trying to humanize the virus let's keep going with that <laughs> this guy, this guy. well um I will say um I think we were I think we're kind of good unless you want to make some more points but I will say that the one silver lining is that Biden is uh questioning the merits of having intellectual property 
you know, on these vaccines, because going back to Moderna, um, I believe the, the mRNA drug specific or the, the mRNA specifically used for Moderna is used by other um, countries anyways. So I think that's a, that's a good step that out of all the Western countries, you have you have Biden that's actually like, you know, questioning, oh, should we, should we, you know, lift it? You know, that, is, is it really like helpful? That has, to- taken, that has taken a lot of pushing though, because whenever I first heard about this, like five weeks ago, he was like, no, I'm not really thinking, I don't even want to do it. So that's news to me that he is starting to like think about it because uh, that's definitely a lot of pushing from like organizations, like what you've read and that letter, like what you've read, because he was definitely one of the opponents to sharing uh, patents and information about it. He was one of the proponents or opponents? Opponents. I hate that those words are so close together. (laughs) Uh, Guys who didn't want to. (laughs) right yeah so well in the article it's on the nature.com the article about it's time to consider a patent reprieve for covid vaccines it does say that he's questioning the merits of ips for the vaccines so i don't know what specific merits he's questioning but he's he's you know because he could he could say something that's not even on the you know, on the spectrum of... Well, what, merits mean a lot of things. And I've been burned before. So it's like... <laughs> yes, yes, we definitely have. We but. love him thinking about it. We'd really, really like it if he just, you know, did the thing. Exactly. So, well, I would say bottom line is, even if lifting the patents doesn't do anything, you know like immediately tangible it definitely does you know send the right message that you know these corporations are willing to cooperate with the rest of the world and willingly give their you know their ips over you know to help the world because it's not about it's not always about profits but yeah well and you you mentioned something uh that i kind of wanted to oh there's two things I wanted to circle back to because you mentioned making it uh, like an affordable and a base like a basic price and not uh, a universal price. Yeah, a universal price. Uh, you kind of you had talked about it earlier, kind of being akin to like universal basic income, but ultimately that's just access <laughs> again. <Yeah. laughs> um, right. But then I wanted to mention, you know. Uh, like from a United, like from oh, within the United States, um, a lot of the indigenous communities, which are separate nations in our country, um, secured vaccines for their entire or for as every nation's different. There's over 500 different nations, uh, indigenous nations in the United States. Oh, wow. But specifically talking within Oklahoma, some of the bigger nations here uh, secured vaccines for all of their citizens that wanted them. They had extra and they held drives so that people who weren't their citizens but lived within their like within their boundaries or even even bordered their boundaries could get vaccinated and they made it available before it was even available to like uh, anyone under 60 in California. 
And, um, and it's one of those things of cooperation, you know, it's understanding this doesn't just affect me and diseases don't give a fuck. So we need to make sure everyone is safe. Of course, you know, they made sure their citizens are vaccinated first and then, and then they spread the love, if you will. And they opened it to people who, who wanted to get vaccinated. And let me tell you, uh, that, that is one of the reasons why places like Oklahoma and New Mexico have had a really uh, good rollout with. Mm, nice. And but, it's because it's because of nation sharing, like it's because of yeah. sharing between nations, ultimately. Right. OK. Yeah. Like the, the press secretary, Jim Paskey, the how you said she was basically saying that um, she was getting a question about, you know, what the president plans to do with the. Um, with the surplus. And she said, oh, we're just worried about getting our people vaccinated because there still are a thousand people dying a day. So, you know, she's gonna say the right things, but you know, what are you gonna do with that surplus? You know, that's a real question. Yeah. No. Um, did you have a second point you want to double back to? Or no? No, uh, the only other thing I was gonna say is that's really, um, <laughs> It's just a whole different way that like a lot of the indigenous nations and uh, chose to approach that compared to yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic when they asked for like PPE and masks and they were sent body bags. Oh wow! So, uh, you know, it's a very different way of like how nations treat each other because the U.S. like just kind of spit in their face and they were like, okay, we're done vaccinating our people. Let's get everyone if we can. Yeah. Uh, it is what it's it just, is. It's it's a stark contrast. It's a stark contrast, and it's definitely something. Uh, to take note of yeah so bottom line just uh know how to read the room you know <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> just understand the situation you know so it's always mm -hmm. <laughs> so, pretty much yeah um i think i think we're good for today we're gonna wrap it up that was a quick nice one yeah yeah we comprehensive we're ready for it we did we went that was great that was fantastic all right <laughs> all right yeah perfect so i think we're going to end it there um it's a good pod we will be back next ooh, maybe <laughs> next week yeah it'll be great we'll shoot for it we've got some awesome topics lined up to get back to so we're super stoked about it awesome all right well i'll see you then all right later Later.